Thursday, December the 17th, 2015, and this is the One More Verse podcast. Hey everybody, my name is John Nix, and on behalf of Vertical Purpose Ministries, I want to welcome you to the podcast. I'm so pleased to have you join me today as I discuss 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 54 through 66, and chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. The temple was complete. What an incredible thing for the nation to celebrate a house built for the name of the Lord. Solomon had demonstrated such wisdom and planning. The structure as it came together must have been a magnificent sight. It must have built a strong sense of nationality. And on the day when it finally came time and the people gathered, Solomon led the people in the consecrating of the building and praying over it. What a thing to see your leader the king, in humility before his God, praying. What must it have been like for the people to be able to hear their king pray over them, to pray to God, to see his piety on full display, and to know that their king knew the Lord well. He knew how to speak with him. So it must have been such an encouraging thing to have Solomon with his hands spread toward the heaven, praying to the high king of heaven. As soon as he finishes his prayer, he rises up, And he turns and he blesses the congregation. This concluding part of the blessing, he he gives an exhortation to the people that they would continue to demonstrate uh, their loyalty to God as they had during the building of the temple. What a thing it must have been. And uh, 2 Chronicles tells us that as soon as Solomon had finished exhorting the people, as soon as he had reminded them and prayed over them and blessed them and encouraged them, Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7, verse 1 says that when he finished, the fire came from heaven and consumed all the sacrifices as the glory of the Lord filled the whole place. What an awesome thing it must have been. The king and his people began to celebrate this dedication of the temple with a colossal sacrifice. Solomon consecrates the middle court, uh, the area of the court of the priests, and all all before this house of worship. Most likely he did this with some holy anointing oil. And so as this great congregation is assembled, all the worshipers join Solomon in an incredible seven-day feast of dedication. And that wasn't even enough, so it was followed by another seven-day feast, the Feast of Tabernacles. And so the people have this long two-week period of just celebrating all the goodness of God with their being able to see their faith come to fruition in this temple to know that no more would there be this tabernacle that would move around. No more would the ark perhaps find different places to stay. They had home and it was set apart and it was ready for an incredible celebration. After all of these sacrifices, it must have been a very humbling and a very exciting thing. And so as they concluded all of their celebrating, Solomon once again dismisses the multitude. And the multitude is so excited for all that they had done, that Solomon had led them in, that they blessed their king. 
They were so excited and what the conversation must have been like. You can imagine them discussing the architecture, discussing what they saw and what they heard, them with the hopes and dreams of the nation, being encouraged that God had kept every single one of his promises, taking their little ones and explaining their history, reminding them of all that God had done and how he had pledged himself to his people and the way that he had helped his people and brought them to this point. It must have been an exciting thing to remind them of all the travails of the wilderness and the wandering around, but being fully established, being unified as a kingdom, and with a king so wise and so brilliant in the way that he had put these things together and orchestrated the building of this temple. It was an exciting time for the nation. And as Solomon came to this place and he had finished building the house of the Lord and his own house, uh, everything that Solomon desired to build, the Bible said, that the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time. Now, this is a somewhat unusual thing. Generally speaking, God did not appear to kings. Generally speaking, he would go to the prophet or those that would bear witness on his behalf. So it is a unique thing that Solomon, not just once, but here we have a second time that the Lord gives him a direct revelation. This is not the prophet saying, thus says the Lord. This is God himself speaking with Solomon. And God tells him that he's heard his prayer. He's heard his cry and his plea that he made before him. And, and, and God says uh, that he had consecrated this house that he built. Imagine Solomon did all the things that he could to consecrate it, but God's very presence would demand consecration. And so God says, I've consecrated this house that you built and I'm going to put my name there forever. And when you think of this promise, it's got to be something that we even filter in today. For today, even now, if you go to Jerusalem, you will see the temple mount. Even now, you will hear Yahweh when you are in Jerusalem. And so for all that has transpired in their history, God says, I've consecrated this house and I'm putting my name there forever. He, he says that his heart and his eyes are going to be there for all time. And he exhorts him to walk before him in obedience as, as his father David had walked with integrity of heart and uprightness, doing according to all that he had been commanded, keeping statutes and rules. And he reminds him that he's going to establish his throne forever if he continues to do that. For these promises are conditional. And, and so he tells them what he tells Solomon what's going to happen if he doesn't do that. And so he, he, he explains that if Solomon turns aside from following or even if Solomon's children turn aside from following, if they don't keep the commandments, if they don't do the things that God had commanded them to do, if they give themselves to idolatry and they go and they serve other gods or, or worship them, God says something that is absolutely fearful. He says, I'm going to cut off Israel from the land that I've given them. Now, for us, we have to remember this is not something that's new. This is something that God had told the people uh, while they wandered in the wilderness. This is something that God told the people when they came into the promised land. This conditional pattern is something that they should be very familiar with. As Solomon hears that there's going to be some consequences if you sin and if you turn from me and if you give yourself to other things, this is not unusual. And so he just reminds him that he's going to cut off Israel from the land that he had given them. This is something that they had experienced even in small bits during the period of Judges. And later they would experience to a great, great degree. 
But he says, I need for you to understand, Solomon, that I will, I will, I will cast you out of my sight. You're going to become a proverb or a byword when people see this house and it's a heap of ruins. Uh, the, the scripture is so poetic as it says, people are going to hiss and they're going to ask, why would the Lord do this to his own house? And everyone's going to say close by because they abandoned the Lord, their God, who brought them and their fathers out of Egypt. And, and they've laid hold on these other gods. They, they've given themselves somewhere else and they're not following the Lord. And so therefore God has brought this upon them. So it's an incredible day and an incredible season as the people celebrate. It's an amazing thing for the king as he has his second encounter directly with God. And in this, we see God just reminding him that the story of scripture is all about this faithful God pursuing people and reminding them that sin comes with consequences. That when we chase and set our hearts on other things that cannot satisfy, that God has to act in resolute judgment toward sin or he is not holy and he is not just. But what a great time. This would be the apex of Solomon's rule, just the height of his reign with all that he's done and all of these projects. What an incredible time it was for the people of Israel. Thanks for listening to the One More Verse podcast. If you need more information about Vertical Purpose or One More Verse, just visit on the web at johnnicks.org. I'd love to hear from you, so find me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram using the handle TheJohnNix. And don't forget to download the Vertical Purpose app for additional resources. Thanks again, and join me tomorrow for the One More Verse podcast.